Greetings, this is Atma Boda. Today is January 3rd, 2022, 7.31 a.m. The title of today's podcast is Proof That Neutrality Leads to Negativity. Let's begin now. Neutrality is like a passivity. It fluidly interacts with its environment. And yet at the same time, it is like wet paint. It is impressionable. Instead of shaping the environment, its environment shapes it. In its quest to be neutral, it flows until it has adapted into the shapes it has been exposed to, acquiring fingerprints, scuffs, nicks, and scratches. Because it chooses neutrality as its nature, it is unpolished and doesn't shine. Instead, it boldly proclaims all of its imperfections as evidence of the ordinariness of enlightenment and proof of why it is nothing special. Later, it compares its experience socially with others on this path of neutral fluidity. This perspective gets validated. This must be enlightenment, they claim, because the most experienced among us are all thinking the same. Quote, our egos have died, and we now experience life the way it actually is. We are insignificant, and it is nature that shapes us and controls our will. This is the way, quote, they say. Quote, this nothingness is the ultimate destination. Life is suffering. Only in this way do we find true liberation. The diligent young monk, unaware of this consensus building among his elders, gets a brilliant burst of inspiration and says, Master, Master, I have found bliss. I love you. Thank you for lighting the way. The quote master, unquote, looks at him stoically and replies, Young one, all attachments must fall away. Even those things must be relinquished. But master, this is what I have been searching for my whole life, the young monk replies. I have found bliss and happiness. That is just your ego struggling for survival, the master says. It too must die. In this way, the original teachings of the Buddha have been corrupted. The collectivist groupthink of the monasteries have perverted the path in a way that the glorious Buddha never intended. He never would have come out of the woods preaching if he was so passively defeatist in his perspective. No, clearly the Buddha emanated a great presence of compassion and inspiration. If he blindly followed what passes as wisdom today, he would just be another nameless monk with a narrow view aiming at nothingness. The fact is that only positivity is expansive. This involves accepting, not rejecting. This means welcoming love and bliss, not rejecting them 
as distractions. Enlightenment is about becoming more, not less. It is about expanding, not contracting. To be magnanimous, not nihilist. In this way, individuality leads to positivity. Collectivism leads to negativity. This is why groupthink always becomes oppression. Your destiny is the greatest potential within you, which can only be unlocked after your enlightenment. However difficult it may be for you to believe, you are uniquely amazing and sacred. You are here on earth in a physical body for a reason. Don't disrespect nature and throw it all away. Don't make your life meaningless. Make it meaningful. I hope you can enjoy the profundity of this message. I'm sure it's going to piss off a lot of Buddhists, but sometimes the truth is a rude awakening and not everybody is going to be able to handle that truth. It is unfortunate how many Innocent young monks were led astray by encouraging nihilistic thoughts and negative belief patterns of detracting rather rather than accepting, you know, removing and abolishing and negating rather than accepting and adding and becoming more polished and shining more. Instead, a culture of obscurity and emptiness and becoming smaller, a path of negativity that leads to nothingness. This is what's encouraged in many places. I mean, if you really think about it, what happened in the story of the Buddha is he sat under the Bodhi tree and enlightenment hit him in a great realization and it motivated him so much that he went out and he gave these famous sermons at these different places. And he spent his entire life traveling far and wide, propagating his teachings. If his teachings were really about just about being neutral and passive, he wouldn't have done what he did. He was an inspirational figure. He was motivated he had a presence and a charisma about him. And you don't become a leader like that if you are not infused strongly with positivity. Which brings me to the next point. Equanimity does not mean neutrality. Equanimity means that the external cannot affect you. That means the external ups and downs the happiness and sadness of those around you in the good times and the bad times, they are not what can affect you because you are have the equanimity of mind. That's what it means. And you cannot have equanimity of mind without positivity. Otherwise, you become impressionable. When you have a neutral mindset or a negative mindset, you become like wet paint something that can be shaped easily by your environment, something easily triggered, thin skin. That is 
what you get by following that path. If you want to be, have equanimity, you need to be positively charged. You need to have that force within you that's so strong that the forces outside don't have the strength disturb your bliss, disturb your love, disturb your equanimity. That's what equanimity is about. And how can you do that? By being in harmony, true harmony with the all, which is the inherent higher truth within everything. And that truth is positive. So by accepting that ultimate truth, you become polarized. Those that don't accept that this all is positive, they are the ones who are rejecting. When you think about it, it's very common sense. How else can you achieve equanimity of mind unless you are coming from a positive mindset? It's positivity that adds to your potential, not negativity, which negates your potential. So it, again, this has to do with goals. That path of neutrality does have a goal. That goal is nothingness. And not to detract or disrespect that goal of nothingness. And if you really feel sincere that that is the path that you want to follow, then go for it. People as individuals should be respected and have free will. Respecting someone else's free will means respecting that they could choose their will to do something that you yourself are not interested in doing. That is what is amazing about diversity. In sharing these truths, I'm not proclaiming that these other ideas should be abolished or that monasteries should be dismantled. No, there is a home for everyone and everything, every philosophy. However, if you want to live in the real world and if you want to be empowered, then having a goal of nothingness is not going to be something that's going to be practical if you want to live and be successful in modern life. Personally, I prefer having a goal of immortality, of amazingness, of awesomeness, of excellence, of ultimate power. I mean, why not be powerful? If you see yourself as a good person, don't you want as a good person to have as much power as possible? The more power you have, the more good you can do in the world. The more disempowered you are, the less good you can do in the world because you've become a passive force. So in my opinion, if you really want to do as much good in the world as possible, you're going to want to have some personal power behind you. And some might argue, well, I don't want to be powerful because power corrupts and I don't want to be a corrupted person. Well, fine. If you don't feel ready to be able to handle that kind of power, then don't pursue it. Go on whatever path feels most comfortable for you. So I have some follow-up insights I'm just going to read right now. Groupthink is kind of like an unconscious state. What does that mean? That means when you are part of a groupthink, you don't really need to think as an individual. You don't need to question anything. You can kind of just go along with things and you don't need to be as conscious 
as you would if you were operating as an individual. Another insight. The paradox is that by identifying with the one, you are not claiming to be many. But by identifying with the one, you are already within everything. This is a great paradox, and let's just explain that a little bit. First of all, some people might argue that being an individual would mean that you somehow are not part of the whole because you're seeing yourself as separate. That means you don't have that same sense of unity and harmony with everyone else. Such a perspective is actually a superficial one. Let's explain this more deeply. What does that mean to be an individual? To be an individual means that you see yourself as one. Do you know what also is one? The objective truth, the one living truth, the ultimate truth, the absolute truth. That is one. So by identifying yourself as one, you are doing the same thing as what the ultimate truth identifies itself as. So then you may argue, well, if the truth is one, then does that mean the truth is weak and that you then are weak? And the answer to that question is no, the opposite is true. Because the truth is one, and at the same time, this ultimate truth pervades everywhere and everything, that means that the best of everywhere and everything is this one living truth. So when you say that you are one, you are an individual, what you are doing is you're affirming that you are an emanation of this one divine spark that exists within your heart. And you know that this same unlimitless potential that exists in you is also in everyone else. And that is why when you are one as an individual, you are also one as a whole because the best in you is also the same best that's in everybody else. But you'll never be able to recognize what that best is if you are not an individual first. If you identify yourself as a collective, you're not going to go deeper. You're not going to recognize the depth of excellence that's unlimited within yourself, that's also in the heart of every single creature, every single human being, everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. There is nothing more powerful than this ultimate truth because it is the excellence that resides within you and not only you but every individual do you get it this is the paradox you are an individual and yet at the same time the best in you is the same best that's in everyone else and the expansiveness of this ultimate truth is that like snowflakes each individual is completely unique. So that's a measure of the awesomeness of the universe, that it expresses itself through unlimited, unique creations with unique personalities, each one sacred and beautiful in its own right, each one completely independent and able to act independently from the whole. And because of that independence, 
we see creativity and innovation and expressiveness that could never have happened if everybody conformed to the same kind of groupthink whereby diverse thought is canceled. So let's just summarize again from the title. We have proof that neutrality leads to negativity. So how does this relate? Well, we can only become more when we add. If you want to become less, you subtract. The only way you can subtract something and become more is if you are removing limitations. That's the only way. Otherwise, it's about accepting. It's about accepting more things so that you can expand and become empowered and become the best person that you were born to be, to be able to manifest your greatest and highest potential. I've got a few more insights here. Become the best in everything. Being the best in everything is better than just being everything. Become what everyone and everything aspires to become. Don't be where they are now with their imperfections. Be refined. I don't think anyone can truly master anything without one living truth. No mind can own it, just as no fish can own the sea but it is big enough for all our minds to swim in it. It is the only thing minds can all connect with that is not a collectivist groupthink. This is the only way to collectively share beliefs without it being oppression. Okay, so we just got less than a couple more minutes on this podcast. I'm gonna go ahead and wrap things up. I hope you guys are appreciating the level of this content. And if you have any questions about anything that you've heard, you can contact me directly through the links at divinity.com, the Reddit sub, the underscore ultimate. There's also the Discord link that you can find at these places. And I try to answer every question that anyone has. Other than that, obviously what we're doing here is we are about awakening hearts and inspiring minds. And through expanding your beliefs, through removing your self-limiting beliefs, you can make your mind limitless. And a limitless mind will naturally gravitate towards the highest truth. And when your mind finally crosses that threshold of illumination, it becomes infused with this truth consciousness, this amrita, this heavenly nectar, this ambrosia, this anointing oil from the heavens can empower you and infuse you with new life and make it so that you feel born again like a phoenix rising from the ashes you can have a new life, a new beginning. And this is something possible for everyone because enlightenment is for everyone. This is Atma Bodha signing off until tomorrow. Everyone have a fantastic day.